0: devotion
2: We're diving into week two of the book of Acts and today's topic is can I get a witness? Can I get a witness up in this place? I miss being with you because I feel like I would hear some voices right now and see some hands in the air Um, but I know that you're interacting with me through your screen. So thank you so much for being present. Uh, Thanks for diving into this book and this time with us. If you're new and joining for the first time, uh, we are a church in Eagle Rock, California uh, and we offer a Bible study to anyone in the world who wants to follow. So if that's you, welcome, we are currently studying the book of Acts. Uh, And for those of you who have been on the journey, or maybe you just signed up for a group yesterday or today, I want to let you know books are still available to pick up. We're going to have another pick-up date Monday, September 14th from 4 to 6 p.m. at the CA offices, 2401 Colorado Boulevard. If you want a study guide, a book to dive into the Word, uh, we want to invite you to pick up a copy, you to be able to see the word and interact with it because we believe the word is alive and active. And if you can't make it to the book pickup, no worries. Our entire book is available for free download online. So whether you come and get one or you print it off, uh, I encourage you in this season to print it off so you can you can interact with it, you can see it, you can highlight it, you can touch it, uh, smell it, taste it—the whole nine yards. Um, so today we're going to be diving in uh, to the concept of what it means to be a witness, and I don't know about any of you, if you've ever been called into trial to be a witness. Uh, I have not, but I watch a ton of TV, so I've learned a lot about the process, and one thing they ask for all witnesses, this is the movies, and I'm not a lawyer, but I always see in the movies that they ask the witness to place their hand on the Bible and they have to take an oath. Do you swear to tell the truth? Nothing but the truth, right? Because the point of a witness is to give a true testimony. And the lawyers are trying to figure out who's lying And who's not? Who's guilty? Who's innocent? So, witnesses are called in uh, to speak truth over what actually happened. Uh, And today, we're gonna see in this passage that God invites you and I to be witnesses of all that He's done, of all that He is. Um, And so, I'm gonna dive in today. We're gonna read Acts chapter one together. So, if you have Bibles, great. If not, the words will be on the screens. But before we jump in, let me pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit. We're so thankful for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to bring us life, Father. And I pray that you'd meet with us in this time. We invite you uh, to examine us, to show us, to reveal your truth, how we are called to be your witnesses in the world, Father. So I invite you now into the space, into the homes that are watching. Father, would you touch and anoint us, and would you give us clarity to see your word and what you want to speak to us today? Would you speak to us through the Holy Spirit? In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. All right, we're going to dump, dive, not dump in, we're going to dive in. Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 1. You can follow along with me. It says, In my former book, Theophilus, remember last week we talked Theophilus means lover of God. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. We're gonna talk about that today in a second. Verse six, so when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Verse 10, they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. We're gonna pause there. Um, this is exciting, we're kicking off the book of Acts and we're getting right into it. So if you'll remember, the book of Luke gave Jesus's life story, his ministry, testimonies of all that he did, and the book of Acts is the result of everything that happened because Jesus Christ came, lived on this earth, died for our sins, and rose again. Um, and so I wanna talk about today uh, this scripture call, what it means to be a witness. And I'm, when I was thinking about this and praying about this, I started thinking about my life and all the ways I've been witnesses to things. And I think when we hear, you need to be a witness for Christ, I think a lot of us think, or at least maybe sometimes I think, I, I need to be an evangelist. I need to get out my bullhorn. I need to go stand on the streets. I need to hand out booklets. Uh, I need to, to teach the four laws Um, And I want us to reconsider um, what it might mean to be a witness. And when I was thinking about it, uh, I was thinking about this year, right before Christmas. um, I went to Target, which is a store that I love. And for those of you that know me, you know I love the clearance section. I love any kind of deal that's out there. Uh, And I was in Target, and I was just walking around, and I came across a razor, a women's razor. Yep, this is what we're talking about today. A women's razor called the Flamingo. And it had cute little packaging, and it was on sale for $10. And so I thought, you know, I can afford $10 um, for a new shaving experience. So I bought the razor, I brought it home, well, let me tell you, it blew my mind, this little razor. It came packaged in the cutest little box. It came with one of those sticky things that sticks to the side of your shower. Um, I got to choose my personalized color, which is bright coral, which I think reflects my personality. And I don't know what it was, the aesthetics, the little thing on the wall. I shaved my legs that day. and It was the best shaving experience I ever had. And so what proceeded out of that is that that next two weeks of conversation, every single person I talked to, uh, I would tell them about the razor. I wanted them to have the same experience for $10 that I had. So I convinced my friends to get it. It was Christmas time. I bought a $10 razor for every $10 gift exchange I had, just because I felt like I wanted the world to know how great this cheap razor was. That's a great example of what it means to be a witness. And you and I are a witness of all different types of things. A razor is a silly example, but you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. When I go to Trader Joe's and I find something new, I tell at least 10 people in my life about it. Hey, I just, have you tried the new coffee? Oh, did you get that new cookie butter spread with, I mean, you name it. We're selling this to each other. We're We're witnesses. We, experience something and naturally we talk about it with others. So when I invite us, when we're going to explore what it means to be a witness, um, I want you to maybe expand your concept of what a witness is, because I think the first thing you and I do, especially when it comes to the church, theology, the first thing that's easy for us to do is check out of the equation of, well, cool, you're, you're a pastor. I'm not. I'm not called to be a witness of that. We are called to be witnesses of all that we've experienced. And so I want to invite you. you, you are a witness in who you are, in the way God made you. Um, You don't have to be an incredible speaker. You don't have to memorize scriptures and quote them back at people. Uh, You're a witness just by sharing your experience, giving your testimony um, of your relationship with Jesus. So I want to start in verse three. Uh, It says, After his suffering, Jesus, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So Jesus promised that he would go up to the Father, uh, that he would rise again on the third day. And so after he was risen, that's what we know as Easter, uh, Jesus made an appearance to 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 6 says, he made an appearance to over- Over 500 people. Jesus wanted the world to know that indeed he had fulfilled his promise. He was alive. So over 500 people witnessed Jesus alive and well and interacting. It says he gave many convincing proofs. Jesus made sure that people who had known him, who had heard of him, experienced that he had indeed resurrected, that he was alive. And then it says in verse four, on one occasion while he was eating with them, see, right? Risen, eating, normal stuff. He gave them this command. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Um, And here we just see he's encouraging them to experience his aliveness. He's telling them, I have good things in store for you. Um, And so what I wanna encourage you today, I wanna remind you that you are called to be a witness. You and I get to testify about who Jesus is. In the book of Acts, we see him appearing after 40 days, giving proofs that he's alive, because he wants the word to spread that he indeed is true to his promises. Um, But the first thing that we need to know about being a witness is it starts with experience. You and I cannot be witnesses to something that we don't experience. No witness will ever get called to the juror stand who wasn't actually there present at the scene of the crime. To, in order to be witnesses, we have to experience the goodness of Jesus. And in the book of Acts, his disciples walked with him. They talked with him. They they wondered himself when he disappeared, when he cr- was crucified on Friday, they they didn't know what was gonna happen. And then on Sunday, the third day, he rose again and he came back to show them, I am alive. Now, some of you out there uh, are new in your walk with Christ and I wonder if some of you are asking, Jesus, I don't, I don't know if you're alive. If that's where you are, I wanna encourage you to lean in and ask Jesus to reveal himself to you. Ask him to show you what it means that he's alive. Ask him to give you a proof, to, f- to feel a nudge. Ask him, seek him. God promises, when you seek me, you will find me. Knock, and the door will be open. So for those of you that are seeking, I wanna encourage you to continue asking, to continue, to continue to reveal, God, I don't know who you are, but I wanna know. Show me who you are. And for those of you who already have had that experience, maybe you grew up in a believing family or you didn't, you experienced Jesus Uh, as a living God and Savior, you remember what that's like. I was 12 when I discovered that Jesus is real, and I was in a church congregation praying as this little awkward 12 year old who had just started sixth grade who was anxious and nervous and scared of bullies at school and didn't know if i fit in or if i belonged or if i was enough i went to this youth group and i experienced the presence of jesus in his love and acceptance and i i knew it was real i knew he was real i knew he said he was who he promised he said he was and if you're out there and you've experienced something like that then you know that experience is what allows us to give true testimony to Jesus. And your experience is gonna look different than my experience. That's the beauty of being the church, of being the body, is that we all experience Jesus a little differently in a personalized way. And we can talk about that and share that with our neighbor so it starts with your experience i don't know where you're at today but i want to encourage you how have you experienced jesus this week how are you experiencing him what is he teaching you what is he showing you what is he revealing to you these are the type of things that we get to share with our friends our neighbors our family our coworkers. This is what it means to be a witness. It means to talk about what our relationship with the Father looks like uh, and then to invite other people into that. So I wanna encourage you to create space this week to experience Jesus, whether through reading his word, uh, spending time in prayer, maybe go for a walk and just stand in holy reverence and awe of the God who created this beautiful world at the beach or at the mountains, everything declares the glory of God, but spend time with Jesus this week, because this is the reality. Some of us grew up in churches where we were told what to do, and so you might have grown up in a church that said, now you come to church, you're a believer, go tell everybody about it, and you had never experienced Jesus. It was just this it was just a to-do list of, okay, well, now I'm a Christian. I go to church. I guess I need to share the gospel with somebody because that's what I'm told to do. No, this is supposed to come out of a lived, real experience that you've had with him. So how are you experiencing Jesus in this season? And who in your life can you tell about it in an honest and real way? Uh, My flamingo razor story, I preached it from the mountaintops. I shared it with everybody. Uh, Maybe three months later, after I'd had a few shaves, I just realized it's, the razors are a little dull. So I had to, I had to recant of it and say, ah, you know, like it didn't really actually work as well as I thought. I'm a seven on the Enneagram. For those of you that don't know that I like variety and a lot of different options. And I tend to switch to things that make me excited. So you have to experience something. And our experience of Jesus is not like the flamingo razor. The longer that we know him, the deeper our intimacy grows with him, the more we trust him, the more experiences we have of his goodness. I mean, you, t- you sit down with some of these amazing heroes of the faith in our church who have walked with Jesus for 60-plus years. You start to hear some of their stories. They have these treasure jars of moments and seasons and answers to prayer that they have experienced Jesus. The more we experience him, the more we have to share with the world of what we know about him. Um, so I, I love this quote by D.L. Moody. He said, Christianity is just one beggar leading another beggar to where he found bread. Uh, Being a witness is not about having all the answers. It's not about saying everything perfect. It's not about memorizing a script and selling something like a telemarketer. Um, It's just admitting, hey, I'm a broken mess and I found Jesus and he gave me life and he can give you life too. It's not based on our qualifications, our talents, any of those things. Do you remember the disciples? They were scared young boys who questioned who Jesus was the whole time they were with him. They saw the miracles and they still didn't know. God's not looking for extraordinary people. He's looking for ordinary people that put an extraordinary God on display, and so I want to encourage you to see yourself as a witness, and that starts with experiencing Jesus, inviting him into your life, asking him to reveal who he is to you. That is what we share with the world, Um, and then Moving on from that, uh, we see that these ex- disciples experienced God, but they still, they didn't know if Jesus was real. Remember, they were doubting up until the last minute, and then Jesus resurrected. And the difference between the apostles in the book of Luke and the book of Acts is completely a 180. You see scared, timid boys who never really knew what Jesus was talking about. They are always confused about the parable. They were constantly arguing about who was going to be better, who was going to sit next to him, who was his favorite. And all of a sudden you see this flip and you're going to see it as we read the book of Acts of these ordinary men who start to do extraordinary things. And that's the second point we come to today. We are called to be witnesses and that's based on our real lived experience of Jesus. And the second part is how we are witnesses is not in our own strength. It's in the power of the Holy Spirit. You and I, cannot by ourselves be witnesses. We don't have the courage. We don't have the boldness. We don't have the discernment and the wisdom and understanding uh, to be witnesses in and of ourselves. So we can go out and try. You and I can try to share Jesus with everybody, but if we don't have the Holy Spirit guiding us, prompting us, helping us, moving in us, it's like it's like a three-year-old going to the candy shop to buy something and the credit card doesn't work because they don't have one because they're three. But a parent who goes in with a credit card can buy their kid the whole store, right? Well, depending on how good your credit line is. That's my dream, that the credit line would buy the whole store. But we need the power card. We need the Holy Spirit who can purchase things, that can give us things, that gives us access to things you and I don't have in our own humanness. Um And so I wanna show you in this text, uh, Jesus tells them to wait on the gift of the Father, the promised gift, and he says, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now baptism in the Holy Spirit is a really big topic with a lot of different opinions, a lot of different views, and I wanna be super respectful to whatever background you come from. a lot of really wise scholars don't land on the same page of this, but I just want to share from my own study um, a commentary I read by John Corson who helped me to understand this concept of baptism of the Holy Spirit. I hope it's helpful for you. Um, And again, we're all studying the scriptures. We're all learning. Um, This is something that we don't, always know the ultimate answer, but I want to share with you something that I learned that I think is helpful. Um, John Corson broke uh, the concept and the relationship of the Holy Spirit into three different parts. He said, there are three different relationships we can have with the Holy Spirit. The first one is the Holy Spirit with us. The second is the Holy Spirit in us, and the third is the Holy Spirit on us. So I wanna share the three verses that he gives uh, just for food for thought for your time today. Uh, The first one is the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit. One, the Holy Spirit is with us. Uh, John 14, 15 through 17 says this. Jesus is talking, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So, this concept that the Holy Spirit is always with us, the Holy Spirit is the one who's drawing us near to God. If you're in a season where you're questioning faith, you don't know if Jesus is real, um, and you're watching this, I want to encourage you that it might be the Holy Spirit revealing to you nudging you, helping move you along to know the living God. The Spirit of God is with us. It's with his people. The second one is the Holy Spirit is in us. Um, John 20, 21 through 22. Uh, it says, again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, we believe that when you come to know Jesus and accept him as the, your Lord and Savior, when you invite Jesus into your heart, um, to put it the way some Sunday schools put it, once you believe, that we believe the Holy Spirit comes in you and lives in you. It's a gift that you get. Um, It's like Jesus coming in and he brings his cousin with him that's going to help guide you to all truth. So we believe that the Holy Spirit is always with us and that when we receive Jesus, that the Holy Spirit comes into us. And the last one is on. And this is the verse that we read today, Acts 1-8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now if you'll remember, the disciples, when they were with Jesus, the Holy Spirit was with them. When they saw the resurrected Jesus and they believed he was who he said he was, the Son of God, the Spirit came in them. And Jesus tells them, he says, now what I need you to do is I need you to wait for the promised gift. Go to Jerusalem, wait until the power comes to you. The Spirit will come upon you. We believe that the Holy Spirit what they call the baptism of the Holy Spirit is just the Holy Spirit allowing you to serve him in capacities that you couldn't humanly serve him. Um, Some of these can be expressed in speaking of tongues, uh, gifts of healing. Uh, Gifts of prophecy, but it's just an additional layer of power that comes not from ourselves, but from the Father. Um, And so that's a very simplistic, there's a lot of views about that. I'd be happy to talk to you about different ones, Um, but that's just a simple overview of what it means by the Holy Spirit. But here's what is important the Holy Spirit gives you and I power that we do not have without Him. Uh, The things that we can do with the Holy Spirit, as we'll see through the whole book of Acts, Uh, are these extraordinary feats that truly glorify God because they're not anything a human in their own power, in their own effort, could do. It's things that are of the kingdom of God, uh, used and worked through humans um, to put God on display. So the power of the Holy Spirit is how we are witnesses. Some of you are out there and you're thinking, well, Coley, I'm shy. And some of you might be thinking, well, I don't like to talk to anyone about my faith. It feels scary. Um, I wanna encourage you, that's totally normal. And that's why I want you to be inviting the Holy Spirit to move through you, to do things that you and I can't do. In our flesh, in our humanness, uh, we're all scared and slow speech and not sure how to do anything. But with the Holy Spirit, he gives us the help that we need. He gives us the confidence, the power, the words. It's God working through us. And we're going to see that when this when the this, um, apostles received the gift of the Holy Spirit, that power goes out like wildflower. It's crazy. Um, so then I want to draw us to another thing to make a final point about that. Uh, verse 6 says, so when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? You see, the disciples thought that when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, they, they were hoping, they thought that he meant a political kingdom, a kingdom with a ruler, with a military force, with economic power. They were waiting for Jesus uh, to be on the throne of Rome, to over, to supersede the government that was there and place his own government in. Um, And as we come up on this election, uh, I want us to be learners of this verse that as followers of Christ, uh, the kingdom of God doesn't come political powers. It doesn't come through economic status. It doesn't come through military force. The kingdom of God has always come through the Holy Spirit living in his people. God's plan to to bring the kingdom of God to earth was through his church and we put our hope in Jesus Christ alone. And I say that to encourage some of you. I know a lot of people are scared about the upcoming election, and I understand that, Um, but we believe that God is still on the throne, that he's bigger than all of it, and that he doesn't use political, military, economic forces, but he uses his people, which is why it's so important that you and I are witnesses of all that he's done. He chose the apostles to send out and to spread the word about him. These were ordinary, unschooled men. Uh, Acts 4 says that. It's one of my favorite verses of the Bible. It says, the people took note that these ordinary, unschooled men had been with Jesus. You and I are ordinary people, um, but we serve an extraordinary God who wants to use our one small, important life to change the world. And he doesn't choose celebrities and people with a lot of fame or the most Instagram followers. He He chooses humble, normal people who are willing to trust him and willing to follow him and willing to submit to him. And so I want to encourage you, God wants to use you and if you think you're not enough, I want to encourage you that God is enough and he will give you the spirit to do all the things that you cannot do. Uh, That's an invitation I don't want you to miss today. Uh, So we saw in the apostles' life, they doubted, they were childish when they were with Jesus, they didn't know what was happening, they were confused by a lot of things. Well then, they waited in Jerusalem for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And that's what the book of Acts is. All the things the disciples did once they received this power the Holy Spirit on them to do things that they could not do. And just one more note, uh, for those of you that are wondering, how do I receive the Holy Spirit? How do I get more power? Um, It's the same way that you and I receive Jesus. It's simply through faith. We believe he is who he says he is, that Jesus Christ died to set us free from our sins, um, and that it is no longer us that lives, the Christ that lives within us. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. We ask, Lord, Will you show me who the Holy Spirit is? Will you give me his power to be your witnesses on the earth? Uh, And we receive it through faith. So some of you out there today, I have a sense and a feeling that some of you are hungry for more of the Holy Spirit's power. I want to encourage you, uh, be in prayer about that this week. Ask the Lord uh, to give you his spirit, to anoint you uh, with a fresh layer of his power and his movement uh, to bring the good news to all the earth. Ask him this week, and I'd love to hear about it if you have an experience with it. Um, And then the third point that I want to make today, I'm going to finish, we're not going to go through the whole book just for sake of time, but I want to read to you verse 12 and 14. Um, Continuing on from where they left off seeing the men, uh, it says, then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Elpheus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. The third point I want to make today with you is the waiting matters, Right? The waiting matters. God does some of his best work in the waiting periods. And so the Lord could have easily given them the Holy Spirit as he was ascending, but no, he said, go and wait for the promise gift that my father told you about. And I think this this next two verses are just a beautiful picture of what the Lord, his invitation is for us as the church. You see his 12 disciples go to the upper room um, and pray constantly worshiping, waiting for him, trusting that he who promised is able to receive. What do you do in the waiting period? What do you do uh, when things are not as they were? What do you do when you haven't heard from Jesus or you've asked for something and you haven't received it? When you're in that tension point between promise given and promise received, what do you do? I think this book gives us a beautiful picture um, of how God wants us to spend our waiting time. He wants us to spend it in community, with other believers, praying and worshiping him. So the, these, this tribe of Jesus' followers who have just seen that he is who he says he is, he's resurrected, uh, they gather in the upper room. They don't take things into their own hands. Remind you, they just had witnessed this. They could have gone out and started telling everyone, we saw him, we saw him, but they listened to Jesus. He said, wait until the Father gives you the promised gift. You need this to do the job. Uh, I wonder how many of you the Lord's saying, just keep waiting keep waiting. I'm going to give you the power you need to do this. We got to wait on me. Got to wait till the timing's perfect and it's right. And they gather together and they pray and they wait for the Lord to do what he said he was gonna do. Um, How we wait matters. And I think about the season that we're in uh, with COVID and all the things that are unknown in the future. um, So many of us, myself included, just wanna get to the other side of this pandemic. We wanna get out of it, we wanna get back to normal. And I want us instead, to give God authority and permission to use this waiting period however he wants. I believe God has a lot to show us about who he is, what he has for us. Um, He wants to reveal the power we have access to through the Holy Spirit. I think this period of waiting uh, is a time for us to be praying as a community and to be worshiping God, who is able to make all things possible through his son, Jesus Christ. That's what this season of waiting can be for us. Um, And so whatever you're waiting for today, uh, I understand the pain of waiting, the agony, we live in an instant gratification culture, it's hard, but I wanna encourage you to do it with community, to do it in prayer in a spirit of worship and see what the Lord does out of it. What you see him do will become your testimony. Uh, It's a cliche saying that I heard a while ago, but I liked it, your test, will become your testimony. And some of you are in a season where you feel like you're getting tested. Things are hard, uh, you're frustrated. The economy is not doing as well as it used to. You're not seeing people, uh, schools are shut down. There is a season I believe that we're in of testing where we need to wait for what the Holy Spirit will give us to do the work that we're called to do. Um, And so hang in there, continue to gather in Jesus' name. ask the Lord for what you need in this season and it will become what you talk about on the other side. So don't waste this time. Um, So just a few things to close us out with. I want to highlight that Acts 1-8 is essentially the thesis of the whole book of Acts. It says, uh, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Uh, A funny note about that is that when Jesus said this, he was in Jerusalem, and he said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And do you know uh, that Los Angeles, California is the ends of the earth from where this happened? that the gospel has gone forth, and the power of the Holy Spirit, and because of faithful witnesses that went before us, you and I know the good news that Jesus Christ is alive and on the throne and that we're accepted and loved by him. We know that through the testimony of others. Uh, And I wonder today, who in your life uh, needs to hear about the good news of Jesus? Which one of your friends uh, has no hope in this season? is just lost, confused, in despair? Who needs a community of people to rally around her, pray for her, remind her that she's not in this alone, remind her that she can't save herself and that Jesus Christ already died to save her? Who needs to hear your testimony today? Um, I want you to pray about that this week. And I want you to think about for yourself and in your time with Jesus, what does it look like for you to be a witness? How do you witness? If you experience something you really like, like say Cinnamon Toast Crunch or something like that, um, just random example off the top of my head, uh, how do you talk about it with others? Who do you share it with? Um, what is your witnessing style? Do you get really excited like me and tell everybody? Or do you like to send you know little emails to people like, hey, try this? Like, How do you witness? Think about that. God made you uniquely uh, as an image bearer of who he is, and I believe that he wants to use your natural style of witnessing um, in the same way uh, of talking about the gospel as it is talking about your new favorite pair of shoes that you found. So you are witnesses, uh, and we have power uh, to the Holy Spirit who can give us courage, confidence, hope, words, all the things that we can't have on our own. Um, And the waiting is important, ladies. Uh, I know it's, we want to get to the end, but the waiting is where God does some of his best work. I wanna share one closing story with you of my own experience of waiting. Um, When I, I used to work for a church in Portland, Oregon as the youth pastor, Um, and I remember there was a season where I felt this stirring for more. I have always had a heart for the nations, Uh, I've always wanted to be a missionary, and one day I was just praying, and I found this program online, uh, Masters of Arts in Transformational Urban Leadership, and it was a program that sent people into the slums to live out the incarnational mission of the gospel of Jesus um, and studied all different types of uh, environmental best practices, education best practices, microfinancing and loans. I wept when I found it on the website because it felt like the Lord had led me uh, exactly uh, where I needed to be to be who he created me to be. So I found this program online. And I immediately, I knew that this was from the Lord. I immediately went to my pastor at the time. I showed him all the papers. I said, I I I think I found my calling in life. This is it. I'm going to do this. And he was like, Coley, okay, okay, great. Like, all right, does this mean that you're quitting or that you're resigning? And I was so excited. I was like, yeah, 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 I'm, yeah I, I gotta go, I gotta go, Jesus is calling me, I gotta go. Um, and so he's like, okay, okay. you know, like we're so sad to see you go, but this, this is amazing, this program. Okay, I'm gonna tell uh, the Board of Elders then on Thursday at our next meeting that, that you are officially resigning or quitting. And I was like, okay, great. Well, the next three days I went home and spent a lot of time praying about it. And I felt, I felt the Holy Spirit saying, wait, wait a year wait a year, postpone one year. And I was devastated. I felt like I had found my purpose in life, my calling. And I just told my pastor I was going to quit. Um, so three days I'm praying about it. And just a strong sense of the Holy Spirit leading and saying, it's not the time, one year. So I called the director of the program. I tell him, I don't feel peace about it. I think I'm supposed to wait one year. And he said, okay, I respect that. But just so you know, everyone who's ever said that, people don't come back because life happens. You get married, you find another job. Uh, the cost of leaving everything to go serve Jesus is heavy. So if you don't do it now, just in our past experience, uh, most people who say that don't ever do it. And this devastated me. I thought, no, no, I know I need to do this, but I listened to the Holy Spirit. I called my pastor. I said, hey, did you did you have the board meeting yet? Did you tell everybody I quit? And he said, no, 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 that, it's at seven. It's five o'clock right now. I said, great, can you can you hold off? I think I'm supposed to wait on this for a year. He said, are you sure? I said, yeah, I really feel the spirit calling me to wait. Even though I want to do this today, I just sense I'm supposed to wait. Well, long story short, uh, in the course of the next six months, um, a new pastor came on staff, uh, and he Loves the Lord, he loves missions. Uh, Amazing man of God. So the Lord gave me the privilege of working with this new pastor for a full year. And when that year was up, I brought this master's program to the pastor I'd worked with for a year. And I said, I think I'm supposed to do this. And he said, Coley, You are called to do this, and we want to bless you. We want to be your supporters. We want to be the people that help you live on mission for God, and so because I waited the whole of the year, I got to establish a relationship with a pastor to this day who I respect and love so much, and after one year, that pastor encouraged the entire church to support me, and they paid for my entire master's program and sent me on my way as their missionary. Now I say this story not to tell you this is always the way it works out, but I tell you this to give you hope that when God asks you to wait for something that you want and you want today and you don't understand why he's not giving it to you, I wanna tell you we serve a God who has purposes and plans for you and they are good and they are to prosper you and not to harm you. So wait, wait on the Lord for whatever it is that he has for you because it's good and it is worthy and it will be so much better than if you try to get the promise on your time and in your power. So I wanna encourage you today, you are witnesses, you have access to the Holy Spirit and we are in a season of waiting from power on high, will you join me in praying and inviting God to use us this week to be his witnesses in all the earth? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you invite us into your ministry, God, that you use the church to bring about the kingdom of God. Uh, Father, we're humbled and we're also terrified because that's a really big job, and so I pray for all the women who are watching this week, Lord, that you would anoint them with the power of the Holy Spirit uh, to do things that are bigger than them, Father. We trust you uh, for, your, for your power, for your touch, for your hand to be upon our lives. And I pray for my sisters that are struggling in the wait, God. Whatever it is they're waiting for, would you give them hope and courage and a reminder that you are working behind the scenes for their good today, because that's the God you are. You are a good, good father. Lord, we love you, and we do want to be your witnesses. So thank you for inviting us into that role. Would you bless us today to be a witness of who you are? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I hope you guys are enjoying your women's Bible study groups. Uh, Again, if you need anything, you can email women at uh, cachurch.com and we will get back to you as soon as possible. So thanks for diving in with us, praying for you this week.